0: You have your Bibles, I'm gonna ask you to turn to John chapter number seven, if you will. We're gonna to talk today about living water. How many of you have ever been thirsty? Of course you have. We've all been thirsty. What's the cause of thirst? It is when our body is dehydrated, it's it's losing moisture and we need to replenish. We get thirsty because we have a longing and we have a need. There's physical thirst that every one of us have experienced, but yet there's also a thirst that every one of us has also experienced, and that is the thirst of the soul. We see the evidence of the thirst of the soul for people searching and longing. They're searching here and there and here and there, trying to fill the void, the the, 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 the depletion of their soul. Souls are depleted because of sin. Souls are depleted because of, of wandering and wondering. Souls are depleted because of the activity that we do that is nonproductive within the kingdom. Instead of being involved in pleasing God and serving God and following God, we find ourselves involved in other things. And it depletes our soul of its vitality. That is the greatest thirst that anyone has ever experienced or ever will. And even as followers of Christ, we find ourselves at times with a thirsty soul. The world has its way of depleting our energies. The world has its way of giving us harsh words that are abusive and harmful. Our own self and our own desires, we have that desire to go, 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 And instead of being replenished, we find ourselves being emptied. And today we're going to talk about being filled. Today we're going to look at what Jesus said in John chapter number 7 about receiving the Holy Spirit and being filled with him so that life-giving force would flow out of us. Jesus fills us. He doesn't change us by rebuking us. He doesn't change us by taking something And taking and taking and taking, he changes us by giving. He changes us by filling. He changes us by adding to us and not subtracting from us. John chapter number 7 in verses 37 through 39 says this. On the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. And whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. And by, these, by this, he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to later receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. The Bible clearly states that salvation is of Jesus. Jesus is our salvation, but living in the victory that that salvation purchased for us is the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We are saved by Christ, and yet Jesus says, then I'm gonna baptize you in the Holy Spirit, and that Spirit is going to be that life-giving stream or rivers of living water that will flow from you, from your soul, from the depths of who you are, and cause you to be able to live in the victory that Christ's salvation has purchased for you. We find that John the Baptist in John chapter number 3, verse 11 said, I baptize you with water. But there's one coming after me whose sandals I'm not even worthy to untie. He will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and in fire. The baptism of the Holy Spirit being filled with the Holy Spirit is something that every disciple of Jesus Christ should seek after and ask for and receive. There are three opportunities here that we see from being filled with the Holy Spirit. The first would be that of purity. We see that God has a design for us to be pure before him. That is purchased for us through Jesus Christ. In Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 13, and we're going to go to the Old Testament now because of what Jesus said. He says... If you believe in me, as the Scripture has said, you'll have rivers of living water. Jeremiah 2.13 says, My people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living waters, and have dug their own cisterns or wells, broken wells that cannot hold water. He's saying, you've forsaken me. I am the source, the spring of living water, and you have forsaken me. But in place of that, you've dug your own wells. You've you've tried to acquire a means to satisfy your soul, and it doesn't work. Anything that we do to try and satisfy the longing of our soul will always be inadequate. It will never hold the water that God has for us, the life-giving water. In Jeremiah 17, verse 13, it says, Lord, you are the hope of Israel. All who forsake you will be put to shame. Those who turn away from you will be written in the dust because they have forsaken the Lord, the spring of living water. And so we see what Jesus is talking about was prophesied in the Old Testament. Spring of living water, life-giving force that God wants his children to be uh, filled with. We see what Jesus did in John chapter 4 and verse 10 when he met with the woman by Jacob's well. This is a woman who had longed for fulfillment. She had longed for an opportunity to be filled with contentment, with security, with passion, with life. And she had gone through relationships and relationships trying to to fill the void in her life. But Jesus said to her, if you knew the gift of God... And who it is that's asking you for a drink, you would have asked him, speaking about himself, and he would have given you living water. And through that conversation, which is a wonderful conversation, this woman realized that Jesus was more than just a man. He was the one who could give her life, everlasting, living water. You see, that is what Jesus gives us. Complete forgiveness. A complete disbarring of the sin that separates us from God. Just as when Adam and Eve sinned, they they understood there is a break in the relationship with God. We don't know how he's going to respond. But we as followers of Christ understand that God responded this way. He said, I'm going to give you salvation through another, a mediator between me and you, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. And so Jesus paid the price for our sin, and therefore we can be pure. Jesus gives us complete forgiveness. But it's the Holy Spirit who teaches us how to live in that complete forgiveness. You see, if we just stop at being saved, okay, I'm a Christian, I'm a follower of Christ, Jesus is my Savior, okay, great. Then we're falling short of living with that life-giving power and force that life-giving water that flows from us. That's the Holy Spirit's ministry. That's the Holy Spirit filling us so that we live productive lives, so that we live powerful lives. There's a purity that God has for us. But secondly, there's a purpose. This is where we get to find the joyful work that God has assigned for us to do. Now, let me illustrate it uh, this way, if you can. I'm going to use a little NBA illustration. Some of you who are a little older remember a guy named Carl Malone. Uh, he doesn't play anymore, but he was really good. One of the most powerful forwards uh, in the game ever. And he was called the Mailman. That was his nickname. And the reason why is because they said you can always count on his delivery. If you ever watched uh, the jazz play, I think it was Stockton to Malone, Stockton to Malone, Stockton to Malone. It was the setup and the power forward driving to the basket. And Carl uh, Malone would not have scored as many points as he did if it hadn't been for Stockton. And Stockton wouldn't have had as many assists if it wasn't for Malone. So he was called the mailman because you could count on his delivery. Can I tell you that we're not called to be, have a nickname of mailman? We're not supposed to deliver the mail. We're supposed to deliver the water. That's our job, because life-giving water flows from us. We're supposed to say, God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Jesus, fill me to overflowing so that those rivers of living water will flow through me. This is our purpose in life. is not just simply to be pure, but to give that life-giving force to one another. And here's an interesting verse there in verse number 38, 738. And i got to be honest with you, I've read this verse at least 100 times i preached from it several times, but there was something this past week that just jumped out at me for some reason, and it says, when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, there will be rivers, with an S on the end, rivers of living water, and in my mind for all of these years, I was just thinking it was river of living water. Now, I thought it was a big river, but I was thinking singular. You know, it's just a river of living water. But that's not what Jesus said. He said it's rivers, plural, rivers. And I just went ahead. I, don't, I do this a lot more than what you may realize because I don't talk about the original language in the Greek and all of those things. But I, I looked that up, and this type of word is used several times. Uh, not, not a whole lot, but several. But this is the only time it's used in plural, And so we're talking about more than just one stream. We're talking about streams or rivers of living water. And and the definition, it says plural, figurative, equivalent to the greatest abundance. That's a mouthful, isn't it? I'll read it again. Plural, figurative, equivalent to the greatest abundance. Now, I like that. When we're talking about the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, I like to talk about abundance. Don't you think God wants us to live in abundance? Not in some lack, not in some need, like not, not, not wimpy weeks. And he says, I want you to live an abundant life. Jesus said, the thief comes to steal, kill, destroy. I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. Life to the full. That's what Jesus wants us to live. And so he says, if you're thirsty, if your soul is longing, you can come to me and drink and out of you will flow rivers of living water, abundant water, abundant life-giving force. That's the purpose that we have. Sometimes a pastor will ask someone to to do a ministry within the church because the ministry needs to be done and the pastor's looking for someone to do. And sometimes we, we make the mistake of just looking for a warm body. Just want to bear the soul of every pastor in the world before you today. Sometimes we just look for a warm body. And the reason why we do that is because we are a warm body. We realize there's nothing special about us. There's nothing like super-duper power about us. We're just normal people serving Jesus, and we figure everybody else is the same way. Can I get an amen on that one? Right. And what we hear sometimes is, that's not my gift. That's not my gift. Now, you should minister in your gift, and you should do what God's gifted you to do. That's very important. But can I share with you that you have rivers of living water flowing from you? It's not a singular. It's not a one. You can't, you can't just say, oh, that, that's not what I do. I, I would submit this to you, that the Holy Spirit is so powerful in you that when you face a need that you've never participated in before, a ministry you've never participated in before, I would submit to you that God is big enough to handle it. He's big enough to handle it working through you. Yeah, but I've never done that before. Well, I had to preach my first sermon, and it was bad. It was bad. But you got to start somewhere, right? And so God is saying, I, wanna, I want rivers to flow out of you. No matter where you're at, where you're, what you're doing, what's going on, God wants a river to be flowing through you to meet the need of someone else. That's the purpose that we have. It is not just simply to say, hey, I'm saved, I'm good, can't wait to go to heaven. He says, great, but give that to someone else. Share the power of God with someone else. And we can do that in so many different ways. Luke chapter 6 and verse 35 says, but love your enemies... Do good to them and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great and you will be children of the Most High because he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. You see, God tells us to be good to our enemies. Yeah, but that's not my gift, Pastor. We don't usually get thrilled about being good to our enemies, right? But yet that's what Jesus says to do. Whether it's our gift or not, You can debate that with God one day when you get there, but right now I'm telling you it's your gift. It's the gift no one likes to do, (laughs) but it's our gift. In other words, he says there's rivers. Yeah, but I don't like that personality, but there's rivers of living water flowing through you. There's rivers of living water flowing through you. Billy Sunday was a professional baseball player in the minor leagues back in the 20s. And he was also an alcoholic and rebellious against God. He was uh, doing his own thing, drinking, 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 living the life of a pro baseball player and all of that. But one day, literally on the side of a street in a gutter, he got saved and gave his life to Christ. But how did that happen? It happened because someone shared with him the love of God. And he got saved. Billy Sunday won over a million people to Jesus Christ. Every town that he went into in the United States of America except one, all the bars shut down like that. They shut down because either the barkeeper got saved or everybody got saved and nobody went to the bars. You hearing me? It was somebody's gift and calling to minister to Billy Sunday because he needed it and they were there. So there's rivers. And so God says, I want to broaden your horizon to let you see that it is my work, my power working through you, no matter who is in front of you, no matter the situation, no matter what's going on. It is the anointing of the Holy Spirit. In Isaiah 49, I'm going to read kind of a lengthy scripture. I think we have it up here. This is what the Lord says. In the time of my favor, I will answer you. And in the day of salvation, I will help you. I will keep you and make you to be a covenant for the people to restore the land and to reassign its desolate inheritance. To say to the captives, come out. And to those in darkness, be free. They will feed beside the roads and find pasture on every barren hill. They will neither hunger nor thirst, nor will the desert heat or the sun beat down on them. He who has compassion on them will guide them and lead them beside springs of water. He's saying, I'm calling you to call them to come out and to be free. We cannot call people out to be free, to call them out from sin, to call them out from ungodly lifestyles, unless we have the power of the Holy Spirit working in us. But if we are filled with the Spirit of God and we have that life-giving force, then we can speak, come out, and be free. We can begin to share with them how wonderful it is to be free from sin. We can share with them the power of God that will overcome every obstacle that they have. Everything that they're dealing with, God is intimately aware of it. God has called us to participate with him to say, come out and be free to the lost. That is the power of the Holy Spirit working in us. One of the last things that we hear Jesus saying, it's recorded in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. He said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. He said, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Some people worry about what's it going to be like to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I can tell you what it's like. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Yeah, but what will I do? You'll have power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Yeah, but what will happen? You'll have power. You got it, right? You'll have power. Power for what? Power for your purpose of evangelism. You see, God does not call us to make a living. He calls us to make an impact. He doesn't call us to make a living. Anybody can make a living. He says, I want you to make a difference and we cannot make a difference without the power of the holy spirit but when we are filled with the holy spirit we make a tremendous difference and that's what's happening here in Jefferson in Jackson County that's what's happening through Hope Crossings and other churches we're having seeing the power of the holy spirit working within our community We're seeing the power of the Holy Spirit each and every December through our nativity. We're seeing the power of the Holy Spirit as we're ministering into the schools, the elementary schools and the high schools. We're seeing God make impact into people's lives. The stories are phenomenal. The last thing that we see is perspective. And this is where I get really excited. Perspective, not only purity, but also purpose and perspective. Now, what is perspective? Again, I went went this time to just the dictionary of perspective because I really wanted to drive this home. It says, the art of drawing solid objects on a two-dimensional surface so as, as to give the right impression of their height, width, depth, and position in relationship to each other. Now, I'm going somewhere with that, so hang in there with me, all right? We're talking about perspective. We're talking about what we see and what we perceive. You know, it's amazing that two people can see the same thing but see different things. Two people can see the same thing, but they don't see the same thing. Because one of them has a different perspective than the other person. Perspective. The Holy Spirit inside of us gives us God's perspective on the situation, no matter what it is. No matter where we are, what we're facing, what we're hearing, what we're seeing, the Holy Spirit gives us God's perspective. Look at the Old Testament example of Elisha. Elisha was a great prophet of God, and God was telling Elisha where the king was located and where the army was located of their enemy. So, Israel and their enemies, and so Elisha is hearing, God's telling Elisha, hey, tell the king that's where the enemy's army is. He would go tell the king. Well, the enemy was none too happy about that. And so the enemy found out how come they always know where we're at? And so it was revealed to them well, there's a prophet, Elisha, and God tells him where we're at. And they're thinking, okay, well, how do you fight that? Well, we can't really kill God, so we can kill this prophet. That's the next best thing. So they find out where Elisha's at. And they approach the the area where he's at, and it's evidently kind of in a bowl-type area. And so they surround where Elisha is at on the hill. Their army, they're just surrounding him. (laughs) So Elisha has a, a first mate. And so the guy goes out and he looks around and he's petrified. All of a sudden he sees the enemy and they are surrounded. It is like, okay, make sure your will's in order because this is it. So he goes and gets Elisha. Elisha, this is the end, man. We are surrounded by the enemy. And Elisha, I may ad lib a little bit here though, but I think Elisha just took a sip of his coffee, put it down and just said, don't worry about it. And the guy goes like, what are you? are you kidding me? Do you see these guys? And Elisha prayed for his servant. He said, Lord, open his eyes so that he can see. And all of a sudden it was revealed that surrounding the enemy was chariots and horses of fire. It was God's angel army surrounding the enemy which surrounded Elisha. You see, that's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit will allow you to be in a bad situation. I want to say that again. The Holy Spirit will allow you to be in a bad situation. Safety is a myth. Safety is an illusion because there is no safety. There is no absolute safety. God allows you to be in difficult situations. John chapter 4, Jesus is baptized in water by John the Baptist. He comes out. The Holy Spirit descends on Jesus. There's a form of a dove. It's like an image of a dove, but it's the Holy Spirit that descended on Jesus. What's the next thing that happened? The Bible says the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. God allows us to go into uncomfortable situations. He even leads us into them, but he never leaves us. He never forsakes us. So safety, if we're, if, if we're going to raise our children, mamas and daddies, if we're going to raise our children and think for a moment that we can just keep them safe all the time, that's an illusion. And there's nothing wrong with an illusion as long as you know you're in an illusion. If you think that's reality, then we have a problem. Dr. Phil is a good one to go see. Elisha had the power of the Holy Spirit so that he could see what others could not see. Wouldn't you like to be that way to see what others cannot see? That's the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the power that he gives you. Let's see a New Testament example in John chapter 4 verse 35. Jesus is saying to his people, he says, "Don't you have a saying, it's still 4 months until the harvest?" He says, "I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields, they are ripe unto harvest." Now what is he talking about? He's talking, "Don't you have this saying that, you know, you plant, then you got to wait 4 months and then the harvest it takes 4 months for the wheat or whatever, the barley, whatever's being grown, to, har- to, to harvest it. He's saying, that's a cool thing, but I want you to look at a different perspective. There are souls out there all around you that are ready for harvest now. We, we don't have to say, well, when we get our act together and we start doing everything just right, then we're really going to go after the lost. He says, they're ripe now. The harvest is ready now. And that's why we need the power of the Holy Spirit now. We can't say, well, one day, someday, somewhere, I'm going to really get tight with God, and I'm going to get filled with the Holy Spirit, and I'm really going to... He says, today's that day. Today is that day. Because there are people who are lost right now. There are people who are so afraid of dying. And why are they afraid of dying? Because they're not right with God. That's today. God's saying the harvest is ripe today. But I want you to see it from a different perspective. Yeah, but they look like they've got it all together. They drive nice cars. They live in nice houses. I'm sure they have a big bank account. He says they're lost. They need Christ. The harvest is ready today. So we can't wait four months. We can't wait on, we say, God, fill me with your Holy Spirit so that I will have rivers of living water flowing out of me. Rivers of living water. God's perspective is this. You are supposed to live a supernatural life. That's God's perspective on you. Oh, you don't understand me. I, I, I'm not worthy of that. Neither am I. Neither is anybody. Elisha wasn't worthy of it. But it's God's plan. And God works his plan. And whoever says, God, here I am. Here I am. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is about being filled with God so that we have his perspective, so that we fulfill his purpose for our lives, so that we have the purity that he has for us. That is God's perspective. That's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. In John 14, 12, Jesus made this statement that just, I think it blows everyone away. He says, you guys have seen the great things that I've been doing. Jesus is telling this to his disciples. He said, you've seen these miracles. You've seen all these things. He says, listen, you're going to do those works. Those are the things you are going to do. And then he said something that just blows you away. He says, and greater works than you've seen me do, you are going to do. Whoa. That is under the power of the Holy Spirit. I need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You need the baptism of the Holy Spirit so that we have that purity, so we live that pure life. Rivers of living water, a moving, flowing river keeps everything clean, so that we have the purpose of God fulfilled in our lives. The harvest is ready. Are we ready? We have his perspective. We see things from a different perspective than than the rest of the world. We see things from a different perspective because we have God's perspective, and that is the power of the Holy Spirit. So today is an opportunity for us to say, Lord, would you please fill me with your Holy Spirit? I'm not talking about a a one-time experience or a one-time event. I'm talking about the life-giving force working through every believer, saying, Lord, fill me with the Holy Spirit. Now, some of you have, have been Christians for a period of time, and maybe you've never heard about being filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, this is a good introduction, and these are only just a couple of verses that really testify of that. This is an opportunity to say, God, I, I don't understand. I've never Maybe you've never heard any of that. I was raised in a church where that was never even mentioned. The only time we really heard about the Holy Spirit was in water baptism. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And I, the Lord led me to another church to where I started hearing about, what is this Holy Spirit? What does what He, I mean... He really has a part in my life. It's like, I started reading the Bible. It's like, yeah, he does. Really has a part in my life. He wants to lead me and guide me and fill me so that rivers flow through me. Some of you have been Christians a long time. You've you've been just filled with the Holy Spirit. It's, it's, It's a constant, isn't it? It's a constant. God, fill me with the Holy Spirit. Fill me, baptize me fresh, new, powerfully. God, fill me.